Welcome to the Business Made Me Do It podcast, where we cover marketing, business, and overall growth. Here's your host, Caleb Shore. Welcome to the Business Made Me Do It podcast, where we cover business, marketing, and overall growth. I am your host, as you heard in the intro. Uh, I created Conversion Stream, a digital advertising agency built for the small business. And today, I'm super pumped. We got one of my good buddies, uh, Dean LaGrange, the founder of LaGrange Digital based in Nashville, uh, where him and his team make Facebook advertising accessible direct to consumers for e-commerce businesses. Welcome to the show, Dean. Thank you for having me on, Mr. Shore. How are you going? How's it going? <laughs> I'm good, man. I'm good. How are you? The coffee's already hitting me. I'm doing pretty well. <laughs> excited to be here. Excited to be one of uh, the first few to start this journey of podcasts. So I'm excited. Yeah, man. Um, Thanks for, thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. So me and Dean go back. Uh, I, I think we, how did we get connected? Was there a Facebook group or a, a I, Instagram? DM? I think it was probably a Facebook or Instagram, um, common circle of people. Um, probably, I, I would think somewhere in the agency realm, um, being very active with agency partners. That's probably where we first met. Um, the, the Facebook algorithm got us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, I... Tell me a little bit about you, what you're doing at LaGrange Digital, and we'll kind of go from there. Yeah. So the last year, we've kind of been transitioning over from a sole sole entrepreneur to like running a full-blown agency for Facebook and Instagram ads. Um, We've grown probably from the last three months of like 600% where we brought on three new employees, and it's been quite the journey. We, we, we are trying to build out our new systems so that we can uh, take on the business, but also more importantly, try to stick to our core values and just really understand how we can build this thing um, to be sustainable throughout any, uh, as we know, COVID and everything. So um, just trying to build a, a really good platform so we can have a great community. Um, just picked up an agency location and kind of just trying to figure out where our next moves are aside from uh, servicing our current clients. Nice. And before we kind of dive into all the details, where can people go to find more about uh, you and your business? Yeah. So uh, you can head over to lagrangedigital.com or on social media, bring snacks, like literally just bring and snack. Um, I'm very active on there on personal. uh, So if you shoot me a DM, I will for sure see it. And uh, the agency is Lagrange Digital. Nice. And where did you get bring snacks from for your Instagram handle? Oh yeah, that's a good one. Well, I fit into the character. I love snacks, but it's, it's kind of just that like catchy slogan thing. You know, everyone has their catchphrase and all that. Um, but now we're bringing it into what we're going to be calling our podcast is bring snacks actually. Ah. It's, it's, you know, the funniest thing was it was my buddy Jacob and I about, I'd say 11 years ago. Um, we were just hanging out, having lunch and we're trying to think of cool Instagram names. So he literally brought out his phone went down the list and he said, you should do bring snacks. And I said, okay, let's do it. And then since then I've had a couple offers and stuff for the URL handle, but uh, it's, it's solely just a fun play thing. uh, Not taking social media too seriously. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. How, how much were the offers? A couple hundred bucks, thousand. Yeah. I've only had like a couple hundred and then a thousand Do nothing real crazy. Yeah. Um, A group of like college guys have bring snacks.com. So we're going to be trying to get that one from them, but (laughs) (laughs) that's funny. No, there's for me, it's like Caleb Shore. I'm like, how do I brand that? There is an actor that has the name Caleb Shore. He's got an IMDB page. He's been in like, I think Riverdale, like he's like low key, like kind of a well-known actor. And I'm like, crap. (laughs) 
like how, how do I even compete with that? <laughs> you put that as your uh, as your SEO ranking, get you a little boost up. So make sure you <laughs> have a bio somewhere in your website and <laughs> no, yeah. uh, link it up, funny. link it up. Yeah, it's funny because it's it's we're trying to make this transition to be more personable. And it's so hard through video now. And it's just, I have a hard time accepting the norm of like no facial interaction. So it's like, we're trying to brand ourselves and everything like that. But, um, you know, when I, when we first started like the handle bring snacks, it was, there was nothing intentional about it at all. Um, but I do love snacks. So it's kind of like a funny conversation. Yeah, It's just catchy. I mean, honestly, when I saw it, I was like, Oh, that's, that's unique, but people remember unique. Oh yeah. So it, it played in my favor. Um, you know, nowadays, every single thing, there's no, no one's really inventing the wheel every single day. So there's just a huge need for attention on social, at least. So people are trying to find catchy ways to go about getting, you know, traffic or influence. But I mean, I'm stoked with it. It's yeah. <laughs> cool, man. That's good. Um, so heard a little bit in the intro, you work with e-commerce businesses. Um, Tell me a little bit more about what you do. I know you're in the Facebook advertising, but for the audience and people that have never heard of you before, like just give me a minute kind of rundown. Yeah. So we are direct to consumer e-commerce. We help service anyone that has a a brand, a business or an online store that are trying to generate, manage, produce or scale ads. Um, We only work within Facebook and Instagram. So we work with a lot of partners that do a lot of Google advertising, YouTube advertising. Now there's a lot more LinkedIn and TikTok being involved, but we really work on three core principles of managing uh, to profitability. So a lot of companies that we work with, they aren't getting a positive return on their investment. They don't understand what's going on with their money. They have no clue if it is profitable, where the profitability or the revenue streams are coming from. Um, so we, we, just properly take over the account, make sure it's managed, make sure they get, you know, better habits in place. So like regular reporting, um, meetings that actually go somewhere with goals, timelines and expectations to be hit. Um, once we then have that under control, so to say, once we start hitting those goals, we then go ahead and we manage, uh, take from the management and then we go ahead and we produce content for the clients. And then also we scale it up. So like, as you scale content, you're going to be needing, uh, or as you scale your ads, you're going to be needing more content. And that's where we come in place where we'll get either uh, a full set of ad graphics, micro and long stem content, or uh, whether that's complete rebranding for landing pages, websites, um, all the add-ons, it kind of goes into the realm of where we stay away from all service. But especially when we're building on a funnel, we want to make sure that we can sit down purely with our team, a small group of partners, and then the client to understand what they are really trying to achieve. And that's really what comes on to the success is finding out what the client is trying to get out of bringing on um, new partnerships because there's a lot going on in marketing, but really understanding how we can drive revenue through Facebook and Instagram ads has been able to help us excel and grow because that's what we're really good at. So, you know, if you're really good at one thing, it's a lot easier to get better at that and stay humble at your craft. So um, just simplifying the process to management, producing more content, better content, and then scaling that up so that you can say at one point in time, we were, you know, spending 500 a month, and then now we're spending upwards of 50k a week. Um, You know, having that long term relationship is something that's really important to us. uh, Yeah, we, we don't drop off after two months or three months. 
um, we can see our client through their journey as well. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, there were so many nuggets in there. Um, one thing that I, I took away from that, it was a, a lot of what we agree with. It's like, we don't do e-commerce, e-commerce business. We're strictly local businesses. Um, so very small kind of local brick and mortar shops, um, service-based businesses, but e-commerce is a whole different giant, but the kind of underlying theme, it seems like, and correct me if I'm wrong, it's like you like to be able to prove the ROI, which I know in marketing, not many people are able to do that. They're like, oh, you know, you got this amount of reach on this post, but like, what did that produce for the bottom line? And that's one thing that we're still trying to dial in. It's like, okay, you spent $5,000 with us. This returned 15,000 this month. And if you can strategically do that with technology and systems and if you can do that, that's how you really grow as a marketing business, which you guys seem like you're crushing it, man. I've I've seen some of your results for the e-commerce brands. I mean, it's crazy. Well, the the great thing in understanding uh, when you have an agency as an owner is is taking that transition to um, servicing the client yourself and doing everything, wearing multiple hats. And then taking a step back and kind of moving over from chess to checkers. So uh, we think of marketing as this complex thing, you know, the word gurus and um, all these like AI and the, the list goes on for every service that you can do from SEO, blogging, content creation, um, all the way. There's so many things to make money um, for other businesses. But when it comes down to when you first initially meet a client, the most important thing that I need to know is what are their true intentions? I need to understand why they are trying to bring someone on. Do they need money? Do they need more revenue? Are they trying to grow uh, to have 10 or 15 clients? Are they trying to grow to have 40 clients? Are they trying to have multiple locations? Are they switching to e-com? You know, it can go down so many rabbit holes, but the majority of the time is like, it's a simple conversation of, oh, well, I heard I need to be doing it and I really <laughs> noticed that my competitor's doing it and I'm not and I don't know what I'm doing. So like a lot of the, the calls start out with audits because we're not every client is perfect for us and not every client um, we're perfect for them. So really not rushing the initial stages of understanding the client, what they truly need and then giving them the direction of where they need to go. And just for the record, a lot of the time, I'd say almost 80% of the time when I'm talking with clients, it's not that they're not going to sign on with us because we're not the right fit. It's just they had a misunderstanding of what they even really wanted or needed. So like when we only service Facebook and Instagram ads, it puts us in the perfect position to then transition the client or prospect to just have a good interaction. So that way, when you're talking to them, when you're trying to see how you can help them, it's kind of hard to help someone when you're trying to think of, okay, now how much can I land them for this deal? You already lost. You lost it. It's not going to work. It's not scalable. You may be a good, that may show that you're a good salesman, but what are you really trying to achieve when you work with another individual? And it comes down to like, do we have marketers that are averaging? Do we have marketers that are, actually branding their company to help other individuals or do we have other companies trying to get a lot of money because people are doing the rat race, you know, and it's as we keep growing. The funny thing was we had 17 clients on retainer and we went down to three. Of course the pricing model changed and all that, but it really came down to we were servicing and making revenue for them, 
But at the end of the day, we need to make sure that I know the owner. I understand what he needs. I understand what he's trying to do. I understand where he's trying to go. And a lot of those relationships, they were just trying to make money. So that's great. And a lot of business that's, that can be profitable and that's awesome. But when we come down to what we're trying to do, our mission is to love, serve and stick to a plan. So, you know, if, if it's a money relation, it's really easy to get into the, the rat race of this client likes us because we bring them this much money at the end of the day. And then his business grows and thrives. But when we first pre-screen them, we always do a questionnaire to where we're going to get down to the hard evidence of like, okay, this individual is trying to put 10 families with their mortgage paid, their groceries paid, their debt now finished, and also they're stuck with the company for 20 years. That sounds like a good client, like someone that you're trying to build up, not just chase money and get more sales. And that's where we made the transition. We really made the transition to try to work with only people that our values and our core systems align so that when we grow with them, it's not, we're, we aren't outgrowing the client, the client isn't outgrowing us, or we under-deliver. And we always do those check-ins and we have conversations saying, this is the goals and expectations, and this is where we're going to reach. And then we have that conversation when the time comes, and then we sit down at the table and we say, so this is the return we brought. And it gets us in a great position to then talk to them about what was the added value? Did you perceive added value? Did you like our services? And then also, did you like our engagement with us? So a lot of the cycling and the growth is really only contributed to the proper screening process, going back to following core values. And yes, the, the system is there to be profitable, but isn't that the point of a business? The, you will make money. That should, you should be doing that. Otherwise you're not in business, but it, the money will come when you offer great services and great mm -hmm. relationships. So that's really where we've had a lot of success going back to our relationships, understanding are these really fruitful as well as profitable and then understanding, can we do an even better job if we kind of like bring down the list of clients to a more smaller manageable load and then up the value to them because then that'll bring a more of an impact. So yeah. that's kind of the direction we're trying to go. Yeah. And at that point, if, if you have the raving fans, so you scaled down and then you, you kind of um, retooled maybe your service offering, your pricing, you said, how long ago was this? That was like, that was honestly right when we had COVID. So when COVID okay. hit, when COVID hit, we used that opportunity to talk to all of our current partners and we talked to them about what we wanted to have. And then we just, sat there, not with our fingers crossed really, but just, we need to address this because we're trying to put a bigger, we're trying to put more on the table. We're trying to provide more value. So it's something that we weren't doing before, not so much that they were lacking, but it's as you continue to grow your business, you say, I think I can offer more. I think I can provide a better quality. And at the end of the day, that means it's a new model. So we had to increase systems. We had to do a few other tweaks, but for pricing, we have to then justify why we're at charging more as well. So um, we did a lot of shifts financially as well, but mainly in the last two months, we've made the pivot to understanding how we can educate, bring value, and then more importantly, not make it so much of a, we're going to invoice you for this service. Right. We made you money. Yeah. You know? And that's, I mean, that's super powerful because you, you take a step back, you reflect on the service you provide or whatever it is, you know, maybe you don't have a business, maybe you work a nine to five, but like 
take a step back, realize what you're, do, what you're doing, being self-aware enough to, to, to take that step back. And then also having enough humility to say like, okay, I could be providing more. Like, that's awesome, man. And that's something that we're going through as well. It's like, we, we, I think we provide a great service, but I can also see some downfalls that we, that we provide. And we've done the same thing during COVID. We've taken a step back and retooled like how we're offering it, what we're offering, um, what the price point is, like, um, how we're going after, like what the messaging is and even the, the service delivered. It's like, okay, this right here could be a lot better. How do we make that better? And being super focused with fixing that one, not even a downfall, it's just an opportunity. You know, it's not, it's not like a terrible thing that we're doing, but it's like, okay, how can we make this better and optimize it more? And it sounds like you're, you're doing the same thing. Cool, man. Um, that's exciting. Uh, so, Let's see. Let's pivot a little bit. Um, are you are you a reader? I'm very much trying. I'm trying. <laughs> um, yeah, to to get out of sales and <laughs> yeah, I am really trying hard. Um, I'm I'm choosing I'm choosing the circle of influences that are around me, and I'm kind of learning where to go to for increasing my vocabulary, increasing my <laughs> reading list. And trying to just make time for myself to just really work on that. Yeah, um, I, uh, I'm, a fan, I'm a fan of a podcast, podcasts and audibles. That, that's really my realm. That's your jam. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah. And um, just for everybody listening, Dean is actually going to start a podcast. I'm putting it out there right now. Um, okay. He is. He is. He did the same thing as me. It took me yeah. three. three I think it was like three years um, to actually pull the trigger and, and launch this thing. Um, yeah. And Dean, you're going to do it. I know you are. I'm going to help you yeah. along the way. Um, it doesn't really, it honestly doesn't take that much time. But so podcast, Audible is your is your kind of jam. That's cool, man. I, I just read a book, The Slight Edge. They talk about consistency with reading. So like 10 pages a day. That's that's their goal. When um, do you get that in? When do you get your 10 pages? Honestly, right before bed. Really? I'll, I'll, I'll usually read, I'll usually go to bed about midnight. Um, usually about 12 to 12, 15, I can, I can squeeze 10 pages in, um, okay. on the weekend, it'll usually be some random time throughout the day. But you know, whenever I wake up, I'm usually go, go, go until I wind down at night. Um, That's what I'm going to say, do you read to wind down your mind or is that? It is. Yes. It has worked for me. Um, I know a lot of people like cut it out, like we'll, we'll fit it in during the day. But for me, it's like, I'm, I'm, pretty high energy if you can't tell. And then reading 10 pages just kind of slows, like I'll shower at night and then read immediately after. And that just, that, that helps me. That's kind of my routine. Yeah. What's what's your morning routine like? Um, honestly, man, it it varies. Uh, I'll try to wake up seven 38. Um, some days when I need it, I'll sleep in, which is the the great thing about being an entrepreneur and 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 a business owner. Like if I need to sleep till 10, I'll sleep till 10. Um, yeah. you know, making sure that I don't have meetings or things that need yeah, to be yeah. done, but, but like rejuvenating. Yeah. Wake up, um, drink a, uh, a glass of, uh, Himalayan salt and lemon water immediately. It's the first thing I do. Um, I usually put a, put a, like a YouTube video of like motivation while I'm yeah. like cooking breakfast or making That's coffee yeah. or whatever. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I will. So I've been, I've been pretty good about meditating as well. I, my goal is four times a week. Um, meditation, yeah. it's 10, 15 minutes. The best time to do it is in the morning. I'm not the best at that, to be honest with you. 
Uh, I will, if I can do it, squeeze it in right in the morning, my, my day is much better. And I can tell that my day is much better. But if not, I'll find, you know, a, a time frame in the middle of the day to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then from there, I usually, I usually, so uh, the gyms have been closed in Atlanta. So uh, I've been running, which I hate running, but it's literally about the only thing I can do. With, it's with the only me. thing that saves, if you have an active mind, then go on a run. Trust me. It's, it's, it's probably the best activity that you could do um, and not overcomplicating it. Like set, whether that's in the afternoon, in the evening, um, that's probably, you know, believe it or not, running is probably a good meditation time. It is. Well. Yep. You know, it's, it's funny. Have you ever, have you ever ran for, let's just say, let's not do miles or anything, but just time like worked out, ran, walked, jogged for an hour without music and to see where your brain takes you. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I have. Um, I normally don't. I'm, I'm a big fan of music, but just probably within the past two years, I've probably cut out majority of my music, especially on like a run or my workout. I usually listen to podcasts or an audio book during my workout, um, which is, which has allowed me to just slowly level up versus like listening to hip hop or whatever it is. EDM. Yeah. It's, it's so, it's so strange. Cause it's like, I, I kind of just stopped listening to rap music, you know, it, it got me pumped and all that, but it, it's just that along with uh, not so much secular, but just, I guess for music lovers, this might be cringing, but like just not the level of like input in my brain. I kind of simplified it. I was like, if I'm listening to things, like, is it yes. like, if you enjoy music, I totally understand, get your escape and all that. Like here in Nashville, it's a lot of country, but it's like, there's only so many times I can listen to a country artist talk about a breakup and a beer. <laughs> you know, I get it. And I'm sure it's there's the same with podcasts about hearing about success in business, but it's like, when I'm trying to listen to music now, I'm, I, if it's music, I like I usually go instrumental or I go to genres that aren't like storytelling or it's just something where it's going. But um, but majority of the time too, I try to get in podcasts when I'm working out. But then I fall into the rhythm of it. Then it gets boring. <laughs> I'm like I'm trying to I'm trying to work out, and it's like you have to, it's like man, now I'm trying to do more learning. So yeah, uh, it's it's funny. I'll do the same thing. Like if I'm listening to music. I'll usually have a better, like legit, a better workout. But yeah. when I listen to podcasts, I'm like taking notes, like in between sets and like texting yeah. people. I'm like, oh, this is a great idea. Like blah, blah, blah. Let me write this in my notepad. Um, so it's, it's probably not the it best work. Not a workout session and more like, <laughs> yeah. more like my it turns into a business section. And I can't keep up with my brain. So I'm going to go try to run around a bit while writing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's now that that was a good little, little tangent. I like that. Um, cause I'm, I'm recently a big reader podcast. I believe in changing your input, you'll change your output. So I've, I've taken that to heart and I just within, yeah, yeah, even like the subconscious, man, I'm so I'm, I'm learning to more, learn more about the subconscious and it's always working. It's always at play. So if you're constantly reprogramming it with reading and podcast and just surrounding yourself um, with smarter people, you will level up. There is no doubt about it. Um, I, I literally just posted about that this morning. It was, uh, it was like only hang out, only take marriage advice or relationship advice from married men, only take business advice from people that have money, you know? So it's like, it goes that's down so true. Yes. The, the things that are just so true to lean on truths 
it's it just blew my mind how some of these things we overcomplicate it you know yeah and oh man there, there's one I, I made a story about it a little while ago but taking workout advice from someone who's not in shape it's like you yeah. wouldn't do that you know why not do the same thing with like marriage and business it's the same thing it's yeah. just like yeah just well, well what about like golf coaches you know tiger woods and yeah well you're not tiger woods so yeah <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah so it's it's so much fun to also think about growth and um really quick when you were talking about patterns i was actually speaking of reading i was reading about traumas and the conscious and how your body let's just say when you're growing up there was a situation they were saying like in the 60s and 70s that's when a lot of the fathers came back from work and then that's when things would be like if you had a stressful day a long day uh lewis howe was talking about on instagram live how like body triggers will then set your subconscious to be stressed in during that time so while you're going through these these times people will be more stressed from 5 to 7 p.m. and they didn't know understand the correlation and then they did the study and they're like oh from the 60s to 70s so this generation had that installed well a lot of individuals when they go to school and they're learning and they get either made fun of for not being able to read not being smartest not understanding science not being good at wood shop you know they go wherever the class is young professionals are now having to deal with that and they don't know where it's coming from and it's kind of like kind of like the subconscious of change your music input instead yes. of whatever do podcasts there's still some fleshly things that us as young entrepreneurs really need to focus on when it comes to like meditating beginning the day it's like every day you're not going to want to meditate but every day like if you had a ferrari you would not start the day without gas in it the engine would go at high pace it would blow up not a smart idea so if you're trying to now become a high producer but you don't give yourself the room to now make new actions. It goes into like the trauma, just like how uh, the generation above us, their parents, it was like there were hard times, industrial era, um, nine to fives, females now starting to work. So the original tradition of what a household looks like, a lot of high friction areas. And now the next generation doesn't understand why they're always stressed from that time period. When we sit down as like young entrepreneurs, you can't immediately expect your business to be successful. You can't immediately see, oh, that guy's doing that. I'll be able to do it because there's going to be things that are now going to start coming up like, oh, I now have to do two hours of emails every single day. People might be doing a lot more email time. I try to restrict that, but it's like, you got to build that callus. You have trauma from not doing two hours of emails mm -hmm. every day. It's not bad. Yes, you may be bad at it now, but it's certainly not bad. And the signs of like, oh man, I now have to do this podcast onto the schedule. I now have to now be disciplined in my learnings. You get a lot of pushback and people then say like, oh, well then it's not good. It didn't work. But it's like, if you push through the trauma, just like that case study showed that you can overcome and now change your five to nine, the trauma just takes time to leave your body. So it's like when you're doing a diet, it takes three months for you to really get in the rhythm it's going to take some time to get in that rhythm to where you want to be action stacking. So like we've been really focusing on setting our days, right. Doing the things that we don't want to do when every, whenever we don't want to do them, that's when we go full speed at them, <laughs> you know? So um, really setting that up to just killing those negative traumas, killing those negative habits, and then just installing into yourself the yes, we can do this. Yes, we can set a pattern. Yes, we can replace bad habits with new ones. And also you need to be a little, uh, people in our generation, we really 18 to 25, we really have to focus on being 
not as hard on ourselves because to make an, to make a, the leap to be an entrepreneur, man, that's going to be a hard one and it's going to be rough. You're not going into a nine to five with your BMW and <laughs> your design. it's, it's great. I'm not talking down and I'm not saying it's great. I'm just saying like, you can go two routes. You can either make it and you can figure it out or you can go and have someone be your boss and then you live that life. But wherever you attack it, you're going to have to deal with that trauma situation where you're going to have to overcome it. So that's really where I like this year um, because COVID has kind of put us in a situation, I'm sure you as well and with everyone else, where you've had to figure that thing out to get you to that next level really quick now. Yeah, so, it's, it's, like a, it's like a game. Um, oh, like there's always a next level and a tougher boss. But it's like once you get there, you're a better person, you're a better business owner, you're a better whatever. It, so you can take on that bigger boss. And then once you kill that bigger boss, there's another level with the stronger boss. <laughs> yeah. Have you it, seen the relationship or not the relationship? Have you seen uh, not only your life increasing and getting to a new level, but are you seeing things that you were doing prior in your relationships that you now don't find acceptable because you are now a new person? Yes. A different standard. Yes. It, and, How does I mean, that relate for your relationship? I mean, it's, it's crazy. Like I will. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it's ridiculous. Like we, me and my girlfriend, um, we were just recently started looking at Enneagrams. You know what Enneagrams is? No, what is it? It's like, um, kind of like a personality test if you will so it's like like, yeah yeah exactly um anyways there's like i think one through nine i'm just new to this but it's she did a lot of research like she's a six and then i'm a three which is like the achiever i don't really like that word but it's like you know very driven very focused on goals and business person i'm like oh okay that makes sense profile and it gave her a profile to understand exactly but reading about threes i'm like oh okay, this is me, this is me, this is me, this is me, this is me. And it's getting to know myself better through exposing myself to what that is. And the same thing with her. Um, but yes, um, to, to come back to your question, like I'm self-aware enough in the business to know that's like, okay, yes, we need to fix this. Same thing. I mean, that just, it's, it's me as a person. It's not me just as a business owner. So it's like yeah, yeah. in a relationship as well, it's like, okay, this needs to get fixed. How do we fix it? Same thing. It's like problem solving. You know, it's across your entire life, relationships, business, like working out, like losing weight. It's, it's the same concept. It's the same principles. Um, but it's, it's, I think it all boils down to being self-aware enough to know like what needs to be fixed and having the know-how and the action to actually go and fix it. Like yeah. I've, I mean, I've, I've, like cut out a lot of people in my life because they're not good influences. And I've lately, you know, probably within the past two years, I'm starting to realize that I'm like, okay, every time I talk to this person, it's a negative conversation. It's a lot of complaining. It's a lot of not doing anything. It's just reflecting on how bad their scenario is. So I'm like, okay, you know, are are you doing something about it? Like, are you fixing this? Are you, you know, reaching out to people that are where you want to be, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm not getting that raise or whatever it is. So it's like, you have to know who those people are. Um, even if they are like super old friends, I'm not saying cut them out, but it's like maybe limit the amount of time. You need to to position yourself where you want to be. And by default, then you're the people you align yourself with will fall into place. You know, it's like, 
it's it's like as I transitioned out of college and started my own business, it's like a lot of the nine to five guys that I hung out with, that's cool that they like to get drinks at night and I'm not going into the hustle. I'm not doing that the rant. It's it's more along the lines of like they like do that because they get their socializing in like after their work because they have that set up. Like I set myself up where not bragging, I don't have to do that. Like if someone wants to go play tennis, like I'll book it and we'll go play tennis. It's like, oh, you're so lucky. And no, I'm not lucky. Like I have to wake up every morning at four to do that, but it's a different schedule. So like I can't align myself when I'm trying to have fun or have drink. Like if you want to have drinks with us, like we have barbecues for that once a month. Come on by. We'd love to have you. But it's a different setup. So I, I can see as you're growing too, it's kind of cool to see like, oh, well, not so much like they're doing something wrong and I'm doing something right. You start to notice it's like they're running their life that way. I see that. I respect it. I, that's great. But I'm running my life this way. You yeah, know? It's just different places, yeah. like different, different places in your life. And that's, that's fine. Yeah. But it's like the, the more you do it and the more you kind of fall into that and knowing like what you're wanting and what you're looking for, you will attract that into your life, which you, which you had mentioned earlier. It's like you will attract, like I'm, I'm a big believer in the law of attraction. It's like, mm -hmm. if you put it out, it'll happen. Yeah. Um, so it's like, you will attract people that are on the same path that value the same thing with relationships and sure. business or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, so that's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's crazy. Like the business owners that I talk to, you know, we're, we're on episode, I think this is going to be number seven on the, on the podcast. It's like, there's going to be hundreds. <laughs> yeah. I'm super it's pumped. But it's like, it's so bad and it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. The more that I'm in this game, the more I, understand that this is the people that I want to be near and close to. Like sure. me and you met over the internet. What was it? Maybe a year ago. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but it's yeah. like, we're in the same spot business wise. You know, we both own our own businesses. We, we both essentially work from wherever, whenever. We both um, have a goal. We're both trying to achieve a growth building. Yeah. It, yeah. And me and you have yeah. become better friends because of that. Yeah. Um, so it's just figuring out what you want to do, how you want to do it and just go take action. Yeah. I'm, I'm really stoked. Um, I mean, I'm excited also for the, the action of tackling fear and understanding the new fears that are coming. And I'm excited to now, cause you put yourself in positions to be uncomfortable and then starts to get comfortable. That's literally why people need more and more levels but I'm starting to like the growth of what's happening when I realign myself with people that have the same vision or same understanding. It builds up a new confidence level to where you can then use that to just, it, it comes out to more, the, the more I keep quote unquote leveling up, the less it becomes about me and it becomes more about the people in my circle. And by keeping the focus on that, it's really been beneficial for not only business relationship, but quite a lot of things in life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you hit the nail on the head, man. Um, on, mate. don't have to go to home Depot to nail that one. In. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, And strong to be around, you know, it's, um, it's like as a, a man too, I'm sure like, yes, I'm not man, woman, but like men want to be able to have strong, strong surroundings and, um, man, just seeing the daily habits, the day to days, it's been really, it's really been very fun and interesting as an agency owner. Yeah. What? So you asked me about my morning routine. What does yours look like? Oh yeah. Okay. So my morning routine. Um, 
I'll start off with actually my, how I go to bed. So I, I go to bed with my wife at like eight, eight thirty every night. Wow. Um, I have, I have a couple people for the business that are, you know, one's in Texas and the other one, thankfully Michael Wallace is younger than me. So he stays up till one to two. So like if we get everything right, there is, uh, there's people to handle fires, but also then I have people in California that work with. So that way, if like I need a buddy to help me out with the situation, he's two hours behind. So like when I go to bed at it's eight thirty, when six o'clock hits, the business is still technically operating. Um, but at eight thirty, I turn off all electronics. Um, I will have like my iPad for my show, but it's on airplane mode. There's no way you're getting a hold of me. I'm going to bed. Um, that has been a major factor to then starting my day. I wake up at around four, four thirty if I'm trying to get work done or if I'm trying to um, spend the morning meditating and just hanging out, figuring out the day. If I have like a couple sales calls in the afternoon that are a bit more heavy, me trying to figure out a problem, put out a fire, I'll be up at four, four thirty. If not, I'm usually up at around like five, five thirty. And then uh, my wife goes off to work at Vanderbilt, so she's a nurse. So she leaves at six every single morning. Um, then after we have horses and a farm and all that. So I let the horses out, make sure the dogs go to the bathroom, all that jazz. Um, then I head down immediately to the gym. So from around six, six thirty to around eight, that's where I get all my thinking done. That's when I get technically all my energy out before I then go to the office to focus. Um, then after that, I'm, I drink water throughout the whole day. I don't have Himalayan salt or anything probably should, but, um, I drink about a gallon of water until noon. So usually I'm fasting. Um, and then I handle all very intensive work, like any type of decision making, any type of strategy meetings, anything that requires my quote unquote all. Um, I handle those immediately for the start of the day. So that way by 7 a.m. to 11.30, technically my day's done. Um, then from 11.30 to around 2, I'm strictly managing, seeing the campaigns, how they rolled out, making sure if I need to make any adjustments, I handle that. If there's other owners of companies that need to chat with me about situations that we're going to be doing later on in the day or the week, then I take those calls, those appointments. But roughly around three o'clock, that's when, that's when I shut down and that's where I move into the manager role. Um, and as then the day winds down, that's when I usually do the fun part of being an entrepreneur. So two to three, I'm then scheduling appointments with other agency owners, going to see what they're doing, all the great stuff they're get, like, getting done, um, going and just having strategy meetings with other people um, that are kind of in the same situation I'm in. I try to at least schedule at least three to four lunches a week. It may sound excessive, but those lunches for me, that one hour of time with another professional that is very involved and understands a lot more than I do in certain areas, I try to schedule with different people that have different skills. Um, that keeps me fresh, that keeps me humbled, and then also that keeps the networking going so that we can continue to build our brand. Um, but other than that, then we have dinner, and then I start to roll down. We don't have any internet at our house. So <laughs> it's funny, we own a di digital marketing agency, <laughs> but at the house, we don't even have internet. Um, so Is that on purpose? Uh, no, it's because I moved from San Diego to, to Nashville and we live on an eight acre farm. Gotcha. <laughs> so uh, while, while we're waiting on purchasing the home, um, we just don't have that. But thankfully, I'm super grateful to have an office three miles down the road from our house. So if anything needs to get handled, I get to then leave, handle what I need to here and then, um, yeah, just get work done. Yeah. 
um, how, how are you sketch? So the network, the interesting thing to me is like, you're putting three, you know, a couple lunch networking things. How are, you ske- how are you yeah. scheduling them? Are you hitting them up on Instagram? Like only hitting them up in every and any opportunity that I see. If they're on a Facebook group and they're local, I'm going to hit you up. I'm trying to figure out how I can connect with you. Not so much use or network down the road. I literally want to have lunch with you, have talk about what you're going through see how you're doing. And if there is any area where I can help them, where I'm not overextending or going out of character, I'll immediately do that. So like if they have a company and their buddy or them is having trouble and they're like, Oh, can you look at our ads? We'll do, we'll perform a complete audit for them. But that's purely because we have an auditing system and we have a system that we can throw them in and then there's no upsell down the road. That's not even the first initial thing, even close on my mind. The only thing I'm there is, oh, you are this person. You've done great things. I want to get lunch with you. It's simply on that. And by doing that, I've been able to talk to not only entrepreneurs, but a lot of corporate individuals where I can then go down to Franklin, have lunch with them and just have a chat about like what it's like to chat with someone who has 30 employees. You know, I, I go, I, I, I check out like how their health is. I see what they're doing. Um, being quite frank, I was associating with like a couple few people that I thought were really the success quote unquote that I wanted and they have millions in sales. But like after getting lunches with them, I learned that I didn't want that type of million. <laughs> you know? So it's like, Oh, you're this age and you're selecting this way. And that never goes away. I need to, I need to find the right environment for myself to discover how I can be successful. So I, I just put myself forward in it. And also it's on the task of things that are not insecurities, but things you need to get better at. You know, if you're a 20, I look at like myself, I'm 26, I own a business and I one day want to have a lot of people under me. If that is true, I have to become a really good communicator. Clock's ticking, (laughs) you know? So it's like, Mm -hmm. that's the only way I go about it. That's cool, man. I uh, I honestly had no idea how old you were. I I thought you were, I didn't think you were younger. I'm 29. (laughs) That's awesome, man. Um, Maybe so, in three years, I won't pull the trigger on the podcast. <laughs> 29, that's the year, man. It's <laughs> a perfect example. We can use that. Like by me connecting with you and always talking to you, like we talked about that one post where thank God you finally pulled the trigger and you're doing the podcast. It doesn't define your overall success, but it's a cool little thing to get on your handle. Like I get to talk to 29 year olds like that. Like now I get to learn. Thanks for the three years of saving me. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) you, you take little nuggets or I do take little nuggets from literally everybody you talk to. And it's like, Oh, okay. That is a big, great piece of info. That is a great piece of info. That is a great piece of info. And then you just digest it. And then like that might, that uh, us having this conversation might literally push you over the edge to pull the, pull the trigger on the podcast, which might Absolutely. six months down the road, land you an interview that could change your life. Absolutely. Spot so on. it's like everything happens for a reason. So that experience right there, that's what I do three times a week with individual people in person. Cause like I said, in the beginning, people are very hungry for attention. I'm not saying people are attention whores. <laughs> they, they, <laughs> they, want some, they want to go back to the way humans are designed to interact. They want eye contact. Like it, it amazes me the amount of people that just don't make eye contact. Like in person, they're just looking down. It's like, we, we have a problem here. So it's like, if I can attack that problem, so to say, 
that that's going to make me remember that the original part is for me to better my communication skills. But more importantly, it goes right back to even our bit, our business. Like we're trying to love, serve and stick to a plan. So if I can grab lunch with three individuals every single week to love, serve, or maybe make a plan with them, that's going to be huge in 10 years from now. Mm -hmm. That's how it's, yeah, it's, it's awesome. You put love first. I'm sure that's strategic as well. That's the, yeah. So I'll, I'll be clear. I made the most money and continue to make more money, not anywhere close to anyone that is making a lot. I'm just boldly going on courage here. I made the most money. The second I stopped worrying about money, you love them. You love what they're doing. If you don't love them, you shouldn't be around it. So stick around people that love you, love others, serve them. And then you then stick to the plan that you made. Mm-hmm. After that, you're done. After you're done doing the work again, after you're done, then you go and talk about the revenue because then you collect for what you then did. That's been the number one best way to do it. And it's exactly what you said. It starts with loving because if you're not doing out of love, I guarantee you it's going to be a hard time to get that campaign done when you aren't loving what you do. Mm-hmm. And then you're the one that set up what you do. So where do you like, who do you address to solve that problem? You know? Yeah. And you need to figure out what you, what you really like for me. Mm-hmm. This, the only thing I can really talk about is my experience. It's like yep. I was doing websites and marketing on the side like mm-hmm. eight years ago. Yeah. Um, I would stay up late, work on the weekends, make nothing to very little just because I like doing it. But like, yeah. To, to, I think to really take, take it to the next level, it's like you have to figure out what that is. Everybody has that thing that it's like, what would you do if you weren't getting paid to do it? And that is what you need to do all the time, full time for the rest of your life. Yep. And if you do that, it doesn't feel like work. Like I don't feel like I'm working. You know, this podcast is obviously not working, but yeah. Like the sales calls I was on yesterday and the emails that I was following up with last night at 10.30 p.m. Um, like that's not work because I enjoy it. Yeah, the work, the work is when you are actually a smart individual and you say, well, this has to be profitable. So how do we make that plan? But other than that, you know, what's the profitable thing? Doing three things that drive revenue every single day. That will lead to profitability. It's common sense. You work on three sales every single day and then it'll have to hit. If you don't get more sales, up the amount of time you're doing sales. So there's that. But then there's the other parts where it's like, I'm going to go check out my buddy's agency that is five times the size of mine, maybe even 10. And I get to see what he's doing and just chat with him about his day. That's work. Mm -hmm. I'm not buying it. Like it's, there's no way I signed up for this. Like I literally do work on Facebook for my job. I go onto Facebook and I deploy ads for people to buy things. That's crazy crazy. <laughs> you know, it's like, and if they work out, I get to, I go on trail runs with CEOs of other great companies that are a little bit older or of my age. Like that's crazy to me. That's not work, you yeah. know? Yeah. And that, I mean, that's what gets you going. Like yeah. me, I'm very similar to that aspect, but if you're listening right now and you don't love that part of it, like just reflect back to like, what, what would you do if you weren't getting paid for it? Um, and you, you, you had to do it for, for years to come. If you could do it for three years without getting paid, like, and love every minute of it, like that's what you need to do. Yeah. And the other thing too, is like back to the love thing. If you start with trying to love them and do works with your love, like 
seeing another individual be happy for the works you've done, that smile or that reaction is way better than money. So then when you get that reaction with a client prospect or another partner individual, and then you then get money over and above, that's the icing on the cake. Like I remember the first advertiser that I've ever brought under, Peter Aaron, he has scaling.co. He scales ad campaigns and he now has courses. He has a course where he has students. He was on a phone call with me when he was working for another agency. Like, man, if I could only get $5,000, do you think I could do that five grand a month? And we're like, why don't you do 50K a month? <laughs> Move forward two years. Like I'm getting screenshots of pretty big wire transfers that he's now operating. So if it's like, that's the icing on the cake, but we weren't excited about that. He was trying to do something that he loves, right? Or something that he loved. So he started with that and then he got money, which was great. And then it was like, dude, just wait till you find out that like you're only starting and that isn't even a big check. And then he gets huge wire transfers. You're like, this is amazing. Money's but, just the validation to keep yeah, going. And it's, and it's a tool too. You know, it's a, it's a tool because like for us, we want, we want to feed five stomachs. Like we want to make sure that five, if you work with LaGrange Digital and you're working with us, our core five, we want to feed your belly. <laughs> like that's it. We want to put food on your table and we want to start, we want to start implanting amazing things into your life. We want to have it stack. We want to get your like debts paid off. We want to get money in the bank account. And then we want to then fuel you to keep doing what you love best. Yeah. And you know? most marketers don't have those conversations. Like we do the same thing. It's like, why do you want this? Like where, yeah. what have you heard? Like, why are you saying you need to do Facebook advertising? Did you read a post about it? Did you get targeted? Like, why are you doing it? And Absolutely. It, yeah, it's just a consulting piece. It's like, no, you know, you, you want to do X. It's like, no, actually Facebook advertising is not for you. Like that's not yeah. going to get what you're what you're wanting to do. Cause yeah, there's, man. I mean, there's so much info out there, but yeah, I, um, I want to pivot a little bit. Um, what biggest failure in the past year? Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, taking on the wrong prospects, taking on the wrong prospects drove us down the worst rabbit hole that felt really hard to get out, but really it was just a shift of our actions. Um, not, we weren't money driven, but there was a lot of opportunities from the success that we've done for prior clients that brought attention and really not understanding the different level when you are a grown company, the prior systems that you had will not work for the new systems. You have to create bigger systems. You have to stop the bleeding holes. You have to address the things that you have never addressed in three years because we never needed it. Um, when you get bigger clients, they require more than just you have talent and you can deliver. There are things, there's communication barriers that you need to overcome. There are more systems, there are more updates, there's more value you need to bring. And aside from the revenue and doing better production, there are just different ways to go about it when you work with bigger companies, bigger clients that require more value. And having the right intentions, but then not being able to back it is one of the worst feelings ever that I would say is a quote unquote failure, but it helped us understand to take a break, hard put foot on the brake and really, really, really write down a list of everything that we needed to get up to caliber or up to par. And once we, it was a simple two week shift, but we were, we brought on a client. It was a, the, probably their initial fee for signing up was the most revenue that we had of two years ago or a year ago over a whole year. 
So just to give weight of not like it's a much, I have a lot of friends that have agencies that are pushing way more um, revenue, but it was a new opportunity where it was 10 times the initial project scope that we've ever had. And it just came down to after a week of talking the initial startup phases, we had to, we refunded the money, but it was, it was one of those things where we were like, shoot, we were not ready with the system we had. We could have given them the revenue they wanted, but like for us to do it the like LaGrange digital way, we knew that we weren't the right fit. And our pro it went straight to the prospecting. We had our old prospecting system and it should have funneled that problem. So it didn't get to the stage where we took the deposit and we had now had to refund and having two extra meetings, make sure that you still aren't burning bridges and you know, it's just a yeah. whole bunch of unneeded energy. Right. Where it's like, man, why didn't we have that pre-qualifier in the first call? That would right. have been a lot easier to handle. What uh, what what kind of system have you like create? What have you created now to help fix that problem in your yeah. system? Yeah, just going down the the funnel of what it's what your current experience is for your company with your client, and seeing it from the client standpoint, from the the initial uh, the initial meeting the audit calls, the strategy calls, the project scopes, getting down then the management system in place, what goes under your management system, uh, how do we automate everything that needs to be automated? Like once a task is done, we, we shouldn't be sending an email to our other, uh, like the people in our team, it should automatically go down a streamlined system. They should get an update. They should know exactly what to do. Every client that you sign on, we should have a set system where we go down to set questions we collect all the administrative data. Um, there was there were there were systems in place, but it was more along the lines of like we bring on a client, we do the work, then we invoice them, then we know in three months we're going to talk to them about another six month engagement. Mm -hmm. Now it's like funnels for everything, systems for everything. We don't divert at all, and we have pre qualifiers to this is what we got to check off before we even go through any other step. You know. Yeah. What, what are the systems in? Is it like a project management? Is it like a sauna, a project management or how, yeah, it, how do you stay organized? Yeah. So that too, uh, internally as an, as an agency is something that we have to also stage out or phase out, I should say. So we have, we have three phases that we're going through right now. Phase one was getting everything accounted for, everything documented and having an internal document for our agency to say, these are the applications we use for this. These are the, the, the applications we use for automation. Here's the, here's the programs we use for reporting. So we, we, we generalize everything that internally where we're doing. Then second to that is, okay, how can we delete and not use uh, unneeded applications? Uh, Monday.com is great for team management and stuff like that. So we do use different applications, but stage or phase two is then going to be have our own internal uh, our own internal web application so that when our clients log into our back end, they have a dashboard for literally everything, importing all of your graphics, importing the assets, keeping your card on file, making sure we have a running timeline like Domino's, how when they deliver your pizza, mm -hmm. a client knows if we have a six month engagement, it's going to have a progress bar of what our strategy meeting did. And it's going to show where they are. Um, multiple user logins, you know, they're, the quote would sky's the limit, but nice. we're, really, we're really trying to get it under one roof. And if we can't do that, we definitely are not reinventing the wheel. We just then want to minimize the amount of applications we use.
So we have applications where they need to be, but other than that, we have our own systems that we've created. Are you going to hire a developer to do that? So that's where it goes into phase two to phase three. If it goes down for that, we will then get a developer. There's also a lot of good third-party programs that you that have like white label services where yeah. you can build that. But I, I mean, for what we're trying to do, we are just trying to make a very complex process very simple. So that's probably like a one to two year build out, but we'll see from there. But the, the main thing is getting a list and when I say systems, it's not a magical equation that the marketing gurus know. Just shocker or spoiler alert. Ninety nine percent of every one of the marketers on in the industry right now don't have a clue what they're doing. You know, there's only a there's really a select few that truly have a system in place that works that they back to back to back to back. And like it's it's pretty easy to see which ones do and don't. Yeah. Uh, so we're still creating ours. We have a lot of holes in our system compared to a lot of other bigger companies. Um, and, and we still have to then go on to, we have a service base, but we then are going to be doing digital products for courses, you know? So it's like, we're in a very mature stage of where we want to be, but the scalability of it is keeping the main foundation of your team does the work. You can collect money so that that can pay the team and you have a system to communicate with your client. That's really what it boils down to. Yep. And then having the ability that frees you up to have the ability to scale essentially. Yeah. I need me for, in regards to the system, the one takeaway, whatever you suck at, write it that down and find as soon as possible, someone to do it. That's not you. (laughs) Or yeah. Or something you just don't enjoy. Like if you don't enjoy sales calls, don't do sales calls, hire, hire a salesperson. Well, first start out the things you suck. That way you can stay (laughs) And, you know, you can build up like I at least did it. But then the second, if you got the money to then do outsource things you don't like, absolutely do that. You know, yeah. it'll free you up too because mental space is the money maker. If you yes, it is. is. That's where you make the money. One thing that I've done is uh, writing everything out. Like put it on a whiteboard, put it in a notebook. Uh, my notebook's in my uh, book bag. But literally writing out everything that's in your head. Because it takes, it's like a computer. It's like it takes up RAM. It takes up memory. If you write it out, that frees up space for other ideas. And um, it allows you to kind of get that out and then have more space for new things. I probably have 20 notebooks in my whole three years of starting this company where I've written everything down, but I promise you I haven't even reopened them. (laughs) It's just, yeah, that's, (laughs) that's fine. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, um, all right, cool. Um, I, I had a couple, couple things I wanted to cover real quick and then we'll get into the rapid fire round and, and start wrapping up. Um, heard about this rapid fire. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do you say? This isn't the rapid fire round. This is just something I'm curious about boosting a post. I had this conversation yesterday. It's like, you know, yeah, we do some advertising. Um, it was a company that doesn't do advertising. They said, yeah, we boost a couple it's posts. A couple yeah. I'm like, uh, what do you say to that? So have you seen that poster where it's like the tip of the iceberg and it shows the water and it shows the tip and then yep. there's a lot more? Yep. That, that's exactly what that is. So if I can explain what Facebook ads are, I think you'll understand if, why, if advertising is going to work or at least if you want to jump in that. So Facebook is a business. If people didn't understand that, Facebook and Instagram makes money not only off of the ads, but they make money off of your data. 
They can access your camera at any time. They can access your mic at any time. You sign that agreement. You also have access for them to understand all your purchasing, all your behavior patterns, and they use AI algorithms to then guesstimate what you will do. For example, if you're smiling and it's always there, they have their own AI code processor to then grab that data to then segment you into audiences. And that's where then advertisers like myself and other people, we then can advertise to then the consumers. So now that we understand that's how Facebook makes their money, we can then understand and also then Facebook sends that data to other companies that big data companies that then can use it um, sort of like how when you're in traffic, Google understands where you're going based upon your phone data and that's how they get traffic. That's like the basic concept. So now that we understand that's how they make their money, how then does it apply to us as consumers or direct to consumer? You are putting your product or service onto a platform, an auction platform. You're paying an auction for you to then put whatever that may be on Facebook's platform in that space. So when you say we're doing advertising, we spend, let's say 500 bucks a month, you're spending $500 to put an auction of whatever you're displaying onto their platform. And that's what you're paying for. So that's when the cost per clicks, the conversion rate, I spent this, I got this return. That's when it gets all detailed. But boosting a post is Facebook's foot in the door to you, the consumer, to try to then get Facebook business, their Facebook business manager, an ad account. So when you boost a post, what you're doing is you're saying, here, Facebook, here's some money. And then now I'm going to be boosted in front of anyone within our own following, within our own network and people like us. Now, once you see a positive traction to that, you're going to say, well, well uh, I heard you can retarget people that go to my website. Then they say, yeah, install a Facebook tracking pixel onto your website, like Google Analytics. Well, where do I do that? Then they say, well, that's Facebook business and Facebook business manager. So I think it's like business.facebook.com or facebook.com slash business. They give you a business account. You link up your card. Then you link up your pages. You link up your, your Instagram, your Facebook, your ad account, give them a card on file. You throw a tracking number on your website. Well, now the sky's the limits. We can retarget people on your website. We can retarget people that are like people on your website. If you have 50,000 people in a year that purchase your product, that pixel can find people just like those people to then do that. And that's when, they, that's when it gets into a selling point of it's almost foam at the mouth. If you have a product, you can put it in front of the person that would buy it and you get them before they even Google it and then they're going to get a conversion. And once you step into that realm, then you will quickly find out you need a Facebook expert. You need to understand how to properly target. Then you need to understand, well, what's a buying process? Like, how are you then sending them down? Are you manipulating the customers to purchase? Are you sending them down a marketing funnel? Like, how transparent are your ads? Can they tell that it's a scam? Like, is it a scam? Is it really a good product? And that's when you get into the science, so to say, behind it of, we have a product. We have... 40,000 the next three months that we can throw in. Can you make something that's marketable that will get us a return? And what is that return? And then that's what Facebook advertising is. Yeah. So yeah, just the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. Boosted post is the first thing Facebook wants you to do. And if you get a good result, you'll probably advertise. Yeah, They make it that's so funny. easy. It's like boost post, boost post. And people it. like the engagement. People love, oh my God, 400 people like my uh, photo. Attention. They yes. Want. Attention whores. You mentioned it earlier. 
See, this stuff is not hard to figure out, guys. It's where's the attention and can you then work that platform? And the other thing too is it, you can't put a billboard out ad anymore. You need to put, like if we're selling a course, you're going to have to see on average five different ads giving value about why you should do it and if you're the right customer before you even think about going to the page. Now, once you visited the page, we now have to figure out when do you leave the page and then when do we have to put more ads up for then you to take that action. And then we need to figure out how you can purchase it without us spending all the client's money. <laughs> so it's like, that's really what we're doing. So thankfully, uh, direct to consumer e-commerce, that's what we got really good at. Um, and then there's a whole bunch of other Facebook marketing experts that handle all kinds of other niches from like just gym leads, like you said, local business. Um, there's some people that do Facebook, Google, and YouTube ads. Um, the great thing is there's so many talented marketers nowadays. Um, you can get a lot of young business owners that learn Facebook or what a boosted post is, and then they can take that and run with it. And you can really make some fruitful, profitable businesses yeah. off of it. The, I think the people that set themselves apart is you touched on it earlier. It's like figuring out why you want to do this. Like, what is it? What are your goals? Like, what are your business goals? Like, is it, is advertising the, the way that you need to get to those business goals? And not many people, um, a select few, um, can figure that out from a business perspective versus like, Oh, okay. We do advertising. Do you want to advertise? I'm great at advertising, but it's like, it's a whole different level when you start talking about, you know, what are your three month goals? Like how many employees do you have? What do you need to net each month? Um, what's your operating margin? It's like, that's that next level that it seems like you guys are doing. Well, that's where it goes into systems too. You say like, well, what systems do you put in place? Like just to make profitability, just to make your agency profitable. Like there's like, there's countless different business models you can make. Do you take a percentage of their sales? I know a lot of agencies that do that. And they're thriving great. They have great reputations. We don't take a percentage of sales. We go off of retainers and then also projects. So it's like, how much do you then want to give away? I mentioned that earlier when we lowered our clients from 17 to three, two or three. Um, like now we have six. It, it took us two weeks to fill that back up. So it's like what you set in place, it's not, you have to make sure that you're going to be able to continuously do this. Mm -hmm. And, uh, Man, even that's, that's hard that we always had to change because when we went down and quote unquote added more value or got better at what we did, the only thing we did was we started giving away stuff that we used to charge people for, but all for free. So it was a weird model where we had to like give more for free in the beginning to then charge more. So it was interesting. And the, your, your value, your perceived value goes up. When somebody could come to you and get that for free, they might go to the next person and charge them 1500 bucks to get that. Mm -hmm. Then it's like, oh, okay. Like Dean knows what he's talking about. He's helping me out without giving him any money right now. Yeah. And we tell them the whole game plan of everything we're going to do. Like we are very straightforward. We're like, hey, so this is the audit we usually to charge 2K. If you had your own internal marketing team and you didn't want us to manage, we would charge you 2K. But since you're trying to do this X, Y, and Z, we'll throw that in for free. And then we give them the whole actual plan. We literally tell if you get a Facebook media buyer and they're like, oh, screw you guys. We're going to now do this. We're like, wish you the best of luck. But they literally have the black and white outline of how they can be profitable. The reason for doing that is if they screw up, they come back to us. Mm -hmm. they when, when they screw up. Yeah. If they want free quotes or they want it like, 
you don't have to do a front with us. We'll straight up tell you the plan of what we'll do. Go fish everywhere else. And we look forward to our next engagement, <laughs> <laughs> you know, because then a lot of the time they're going to, their in-house team or whatever is uh, like a marketing coordinator that has done boosted posts and hasn't scaled to seven figures with Facebook ads in one month, you know? Yep. yep. It's a fun game. <laughs> it is. It is. All right, man. Let's, uh, let's, let's jump into this rapid fire round. You ready? I am so ready. This is what what is I'm <laughs> one thing not many people know about you oh shoot um one thing that not many people know about me hmm. i surprisingly don't have a, a lot of what i want to do figured out and i'm a lot of this goes upon faith and trust and well i do, i take it day by day good answer good answer if you had an additional 10k handed to you right now where would you spend it in your business immediately I drop it into content creation for my course. Hands down, Ooh. without a doubt. I'd throw 5K into actual media spend. I'd throw the other two to 3K on production. And then I'd take the other two to 3K that I haven't spent on floating money to make sure that if I messed up anywhere with my ad spend, I could capitalize and keep sticking to the plan. Hands cool. down, immediately. That was, that was good. Dean has no idea what I'm going to ask him next. Nope. Like yeah. these aren't, these aren't pre-written questions. Like I didn't send them over. So this is all off the cuff. One thing you're excited about right now. Ooh, uh, my relationship with my wife. Sorry, okay. it's this, but like, it's just so cool to have a wife. It makes things so much easier. That's awesome, man. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> what is one thing I didn't ask, but should have? Hmm. One thing you didn't ask that you should have. Huh. I'm not quite sure. I don't, I don't even think, um, hmm. Is that even a bad answer? I, I think. No, no. I, that, that's honestly a great answer, but usually there's something that the guests would want to talk about or something that, uh, that I didn't ask. Hmm. What did you, hmm. What are you looking forward to this weekend? One thing. You're asking me or that's probably the one thing. Well, yeah, I'd probably say like, what's the one thing? I don't know, man. It's okay. A, it's been a great podcast. There's nothing. All right, good. You're hitting every nail on the head. You don't need to go to Home Depot to, to get that. <laughs> nope. nope. No, you don't need it. All right. What is one crazy thing business has made you do? One crazy thing businesses made me do like for my clients, for myself, or like, because they did this to me, I reacted. A, a Could be anything. I'm going to leave that open. Okay. One thing, a business, uh, one thing that I had to do pretty crazy was, uh, we had a product where it was a pet jacket and it's a heated pet jacket and we were doing a production shoot for it. And the actual lens that we were using, it, it was thermal but we never had the actual batteries that it came with. The, it was lost in shipping. So I had to drive 45 minutes racing on the freeway to go to a RC plane shop, I believe. And I had to go get like $180 worth of batteries because the shoot was like six hours long. And we had to get battery packs for the heated vests to make sure that the shot could work so that we could get that client shot for that. So that was probably the craziest thing I had to do. Interesting. Mm -hmm. What What is your favorite app on your phone that no one's heard about? Favorite app on my phone that no one's heard about. Let me see. Um, man, I don't, dude. It's. I'll tell you right now the top three apps I use. I only use like three or four apps. Um, 
I use InstaShot or InShot, InShot, but I'm sure people have heard about this. Uh, Call of Duty Mobile. I don't play. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, oh, I know a good one. Down Dog. Down Dog. It's a it's a really good yoga app that I mean maybe people have heard of it. But Down I Dog. I heard of that one. Down, I think Down Dog. Dog. That's a good one. All right. Who should I interview next? That's in your network. Ooh, who should you interview next? Peter Aaron of Scaling.co. Really Peter good. Peter Aaron. Okay. Yep. Connect you after. Awesome. Yeah. Um, that is it, man. Great job. You, you passed all the rapid fire round questions. So yeah. Dean, uh, thanks for coming on, man. One, one more time, where can people go to find more about you and your business? Absolutely. You can check out our agency website at lagrangedigital.com. Lagrange, like the ZZ Top song. Um, and then on social, best response is bring snacks. Bring snacks. Love it, man. Thanks for coming home. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate you. Thanks for listening slash watching. If you're watching on YouTube, I appreciate it. Um, that was Dean LaGrange. He is based in Nashville, Tennessee. He's worked with some, some great companies, Harlem Globetrotters, which we didn't even talk about in the episode, uh, UC San Diego, Broadway Roulette. I'm just looking at his website now. If you, if you want more info, go to lagrangedigital.com. And then if you want to connect with him as a business owner, he's up to some awesome things uh, at Bring Snacks. So once again, thanks for listening to the Business Made Me Do It podcast. Cue the outro.